Saludos and salutations, Broncos country, and welcome to another exciting episode of Broncos Talk. I'm your host, Adan Diaz, and ladies and gentlemen, before we get to today's topic, let me just remind you guys, if this is your first time here, welcome to the show. Just want to give a quick shout out and thanks to everybody that has uh, checked in with me the last couple of weeks. Uh, I know I haven't been around these last three weeks since the last episode. I really do apologize, and I feel like this is starting to be a recurring theme. And I really, really, really hope it isn't because I love being here. I love talking to you guys, but unfortunately, shit happens. And we're going to talk a little bit about it before we get to today's topic, which is everything that I've been missed out on the last, uh, how long have I been gone? Three weeks? (laughs) Three weeks. But shout out to everybody. Uh, Last episode did really well. Thank you guys for checking up on it. And just to reiterate... Um, if you guys want to talk to me, hit me up on, I, I keep calling it Twitter. It's not called Twitter anymore. At least not for the moment. I have a feeling it's probably going to go back to Twitter, but currently it's called X. So hit me up on X while it's still there. I know that's still weird to say. <laughs> Doesn't matter how much I practice it. It still sounds fucking weird. Hit me up on X at a six foot 10 Mexican. Uh, just, you know, football. I'm always down to talk about whatever, wherever you're listening to the show, Amazon, iTunes, uh apple which is the same thing as itunes i don't know why i said that twice (laughs) here on anchor on spotify wherever it is you listen to the show please make sure you give it a thumbs up subscribe uh five star ratings always appreciated if you'd like to be a monthly donor of the show donations are always welcome as well just like my good friend chris hernandez has been a loyal supporter of the show since his since its inauguration so again please guys always feel free to hit me up business emails uh inquiries or anything at uh, Broncos Talk 2020 at gmail.com. And, whew, man. <laughs> I feel like I could have said that under one breath, but I think I took one quick breath and I'm time myself. So, got to work on that. <laughs> uh, so, since the last episode, which I believe was towards the end of July, going into training camp, uh, I don't know if I said this before, but it's happened and it usually happens when I'm gaming and then it happened, I think once before while I was recording. So I had already recorded an episode, but this time while I was mid recording, my computer just shut off. It just shut off. It rebooted. And I'll admit that week I was really ticked off. I didn't feel like I wanted to re-record everything because the thing I, that I love about these recordings is that they're genuine. I don't normally go like sometimes I do have bullet points, but I don't really write down what I want to talk about because I feel that the thing that makes it feel more genuine, at least for me, in my own personal opinion, is when I sit down on this mic and talk to you guys and I'm just talking about shit, you know, off the top of my head or conversations that I've had with uh, friends of mine or uh, previous guests that have been on the show and uh uh, hell, sometimes even uh, random Uber passengers of mine that I'm driving around in my second gig. So I decided to take a week off from that and, you know, let some hype build up over uh, training camp. And then the following week, I was supposed to have a guest that was supposed to join me, but we kept delaying it, delaying it, delaying it, delaying it, delaying it. And then at the end, unfortunately, they couldn't come. They promised that they'll try to come on the show sometime in the near future. I don't know when that is, but I get it. Shit happens. Um, So I'm very grateful that they were even thinking about that. They're even still thinking about, I should say, coming out to be a part of the show. And unfortunately, we were already too late in the week for me to upload an episode. So that had to be uh, postponed. And then last week, when I was actually getting ready to sit down and record, I actually fell asleep by accident and then i was um awakened by there was gunfire gunshots outside my house just a few houses down across the street uh gangbangers just shooting at each other which 19 years living in this neighborhood has never really happened this close before usually it's happened like a couple blocks away or once a long time ago around the corner but it has never been this close to home so uh unfortunately i usually park i have three cars and two of them are really old and one of them I bought is a year old and unfortunately I had all three of my cars lined up and none of them were seriously damaged um, my my newer car caught a ricochet bullet and broke my driver's side window and another bullet went right through my passenger window of my expedition and it went through the back window um, 
and another bullet uh, ricocheted off of my Mustang and cracked the, the rear view mirror. Uh, but no serious damage and nobody was, was injured. Nobody was shot that we know of. And, you know, obviously the bad guys that should have shot at each other or tried to shoot at each other were just fucking terrible shots. And they shot everything but themselves. So unfortunately, I've been dealing with that all last week, trying to replace all the windows because I was out of town last weekend on a quick family, three little three-day weekend trip, excuse me, to St. Louis with the family. But uh, I want to send a quick shout out to my good friend Glenn Hauser over at MHRT. Uh, you know, he sent me his uh, well wishes and uh, checked upon me, made sure I was okay. Uh, I did upload a little bit, a uh, small video of everything that uh, kind of like the all the shattered glass and all the crap that I had to clean up. And uh, I still need to clean up in, in my expo. My expo is huge and it's still a bit of a mess from when we had a, our family picnic uh, a couple weeks ago and I had to fully clean it. And there's like shards of glass that <laughs> I still have to get. So that's going to be a nice. Uh, uh, project for me uh, to take it to the car wash and get it all cleaned and as best as I can <laughs> one of these days so unfortunately that delayed uh, the that that episode so again I really do apologize I really I rather these back I don't even know how to say the word like these delays happen now during the off season and preseason than during the regular season because obviously uh, one thing that all of us as podcasters uh, rely on and crave and want is content. And ever since training camp started and the preseason, uh, the NFL has not let us down. There's been so much to talk about. And on today's episode, we're going to try to talk about as much as we can with uh, everything that's been that's been uh, occurring, helping, working, going on with the Broncos. Now, I if there's time, we might jump and do the next division uh, the AFC South episode. If we don't get to that today, then that's going to be have to put back towards a, a future episode. And I know I keep saying this every week, and I really, I really am sorry that I was said I was going to upload more than one episode. Uh, but we're going to try to get as me, uh, pump out those episodes before uh, kickoff, and maybe not before kickoff, before the Broncos play, uh, because obviously the Broncos are not part of the kickoff. Uh, special it's the Chiefs and, and the Lions so uh, I'm gonna try to put out a few extra episodes during the week uh, I don't know how two episodes a week will do because I've never actually done that before so I'm a little bit worried <laughs> but I, 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 I like a part of me thinks that you know listening to me at least for one once a week should be enough I don't really know if two uh, two 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 <laughs> if two of me a week would be a little bit overbearing, I guess you could say. But we're going to try it out anyway. Uh, so, again, I do apologize. As I said, we're back. We're going to try to be back to our regular, regularly scheduled program, uh, provided that my computer stops shutting off in the middle of recording because I think I'm going to start recording off of my phone if it does that shit again, uh, like I do with when I have a guest on. And hopefully everything else just, you know, doesn't go to shit so anyways guys let's get to the matter at hand and that's the broncos so ever since training camp i was actually impressed with what i saw there was a lot of uh, talk going on about what the broncos season was going to be and look like and shaping up to be going into the preseason and unfortunately and one point i did forget to mention was losing tim patrick i mean that had to hurt the heart of every single Broncos fan out there. Whether you're a diehard like myself or you're just, a, uh, I really hate to say bandwagon, but or you just came aboard this season, this year, or you just became a Broncos fan recently, a year or a couple of years ago, whatever. If you love this team like I do and like some of the other diehards do, then losing Tim Patrick hurt. And you just really hate to see it because this was a man who was ready to, it, this was gonna be a bounce back year for him. I was ready to see what he can do out there uh, with a revamped uh, offensive line and uh, revamped Russell Wilson and a new head coach and a new offensive scheme. And unfortunately, an Achilles tear, if I'm not mistaken, it was an Achilles tear, ripped that right out of that possible future. And you know what it felt like to me when Von Miller got hurt, you know, and he, he, we were just what, just a few days away from week one 
And that's how I took it because Tim Patrick is loved in Denver. And there were, I, I don't know why, I even heard people rambling that, you know, the Broncos should think about trading um, Tim Patrick or cutting him or doing something just for the fact that he got injured again. And that that's just terrible. You don't want to do that. I know it sucks, but Tim Patrick's going to be okay. I hope his confidence isn't shaken. I hope he does uh, recover from this injury. And I hope he can come back next year with, you know, an, <sighs> more to prove and hopefully healthier. That's that's all we can do at this point is just hope him healthy. Same thing with KJ Hammer, who I also forgot to mention at the top of the program. Uh, him stepping out to deal with uh, uh, health issues. Yeah, I got to respect it. I, I respect the man. I really, he's one of my favorite players in, in, in Madden because he's one of the fastest wide receivers in on the team. So I'm, I'm going to miss seeing him out there. And yes, he's also another one who's been injury prone ever since he was uh, drafted by Denver. So hopefully, uh, but, but, you know, put all that shit aside. Uh, hopefully he gets better and I can't wait. I hope he can come back healthier, stronger, and, you know, just have a bounce back year because we all saw how last year ended and you know that indie game where he was wide open and russell wilson didn't see him and i mean the frustration i mean that that wasn't just frustration with kj hammer that was a frustration with almost every single broncos player uh, broncos fans in general like damn near just slamming their hats or helmets or whatever they're wearing on their head on game day and you know just losing the game and it wasn't even a blowout it was a game that the broncos could have so easily won if they could have scored at least two fucking touchdowns you know so injuries have been a very very big uh, thing this year in the offseason i don't recall and not just with the broncos but i don't recall injuries ever being this many around the league so it is a little it is a little bit kind of scary uh, as a fan, whenever you get a notification from ESPN and you hear so-and-so got carted off, because as soon as you hear cart, like your mind just starts going a million miles a minute, like, oh, fuck, did he have to get carried? Did he have to walk? And, you know, there have already been a, a few number of players who are literally out for the season with torn ACLs and Achilles tears and just all these season injuries are affecting them. So uh, I don't know what it is. I really wish I could sit here and tell you the main reason why, but injuries especially before even week one seem to be to me anyway coming up at an, uh, a bit of an alarming rate now nothing where it's like a plague or anything or an epidemic but at one i believe is too many so going into this last week of preseason which is still really weird to say because <laughs> with that just that gap in between the preseason and and the regular the start of the, the kickoff season it's just weird but it's there got to deal with it so let's talk about uh sean payton for a minute and the reason i want to talk about sean payton was uh ever since sean payton came to denver and i actually have a uh, uh i took a picture of this to to kind of help illustrate my point at least i think it's a good point well i'll let you guys be the judge of that hit me up on x at a six for ten mexican i'm also on threads i forgot to mention i'm on threads at a six for ten mexican as well if you're on threads Hit me up on there as well. Uh, so the acquisition of Sean Payton has been called into question by analysts and other podcasters alike, uh, whether whether they be Broncos fans or just football fans in general, from the ones I've heard to uh, anyway. And by Broncos fans podcast, they're not so much said in a negative way. They've kind of painted the question or tried to answer the question that's been asked of by almost every single person that sees me wearing anything Bronco related and they ask me the same fucking question, which is Sean Payton, can he save the Broncos? Can he fix Russell Wilson? Do you feel that uh, the Broncos spent way too much on uh, Sean Payton if if Payton does not pan, uh, doesn't pan out to be you know the man that everybody thought he was going to be when they acquired him? So. I to answer that that second question, I don't know if it's the second or third, about the uh, what the Broncos paid because I actually heard somebody say that the Broncos overpaid for for uh Sean Payton. And that made me wonder. And then for and that made me wonder like did they though? Like a first round draft pick? Like 
yeah, granted, it, it, you know, first round, giving up first round picks is always a gamble. But then again, you know, it was a pick that they got from Bradley Chubb. So who's to say that even if they didn't get Sean Payton in an alternate dimension, that, you know, that whoever the Broncos would have selected if they would have stayed at that position or traded up and, you know, to get somebody higher, that would have been a whole different conversation. But anyway. So the other day I was sitting there and if you're on YouTube like I am, YouTube will sometimes, the algorithm, will come out and ask you stuff that you want to see. And one of the things it asked me to see was, um, I don't know what Super Bowl it was, but it was the one where John Gruden went to the Bucks, And I believe it was 2002. So he had gotten fired from the Raiders the year before, that, that, that offseason I believe, and he went to Tampa Bay. And it was the Bucks versus, ironically, the Oakland Raiders at the time at the Super Bowl. And one of the pieces that they brought up was what the Buccaneers had to give up to acquire John Gruden uh, when they traded John Gruden to uh, the Bu- or the Bucks. He traded. I don't know how it went down exactly, but basically it's a trade because they had to give up compensation for it. So. The, the Bucks had to give up a 2002 first and second round draft pick, a 2003 first round draft pick, a 2004 second round draft pick, and they had to pay him an $8 million contract over three years. $8 million over three years. So they had to give up four picks, the Bucks, to acquire John Gruden. That's just fucking nuts. And then John Gruden comes in and in one year's time helps carry that, or I don't know if carry is the right word, but helps that team not only get to the Super Bowl, but gives them the blueprint to beat his former team and send John Gannon and all those guys in Oakland packing and the Bucks win that Super Bowl. So <laughs> you want to say that Sean Payton is overpaid? I, if you would have, where was I? This was what, 2001, 2002? I was an idiot in high school. I really wasn't into football as much as I am now. Like, I did watch it, but I wasn't, you know, into it. Uh, I was starting to really get into the Broncos at this point. Um, in terms of, you know, being a diehard. Uh, don't don't get me wrong. I don't want to sound like I was a bandwagon or whatever. But, uh, but if you would have told me then that, you know, that they did... If I would have known this then and... I probably would have said like, yeah, well, you know, they gave up. They literally gave up the fucking farm because if if John Gruden doesn't pan out and the Raiders somehow win that Super Bowl, then, you know, the, the Bucks would have had a shit ton of egg on their face, you know, because they paid so much and they didn't get anything. Whereas even though the Bucks already had a stacked defense and John Gruden just went in there and helped make them better and help that offense just be good enough. You know, that offense wasn't exactly lights out. That defense, that Bucks defense, was just amazing. I mean, they had what four, five interceptions in that game against uh, uh, the, the the quarterback, uh, the Oakland quarterback. And going back to what it is now, I think that the Broncos did what they needed to do, and this was something that should have been done a long time ago. Ever since Pat, and you've heard me say it before on the show, and I'm going to say it again for those of you who hadn't here heard it before. Ever since Pat Bowen stepped down, like the team has just kind of been spiraling. And there was nobody around to kind of make the decisions that needed to be made. You know? And it wasn't until when George Payton came and he uh, did the Von Miller trade with the Rams that we kind of started to see, like, first of all, it was a shock to everybody, including myself. And I say shock because it, that's literally what it was. And I kind of was like, oh, my God, you know, what the hell is going on? I I, I have no idea. Um, and like, but it needed it was one of those things that needed to be done. But we as Broncos fans, we, you know, sometimes we have our, our orange and blue color glasses on and it's really hard for us to realize things. But we had to realize that this is what needed to be done. And unfortunately, there was nobody around that kind of said, OK, the team is not going where it needs to be and somebody needs to step in. And basically what the ownership did last year was exactly what needed to happen in terms of, you know, when, when shit hits the fan, which it did last year, 
that somebody had to come and step in and say, hey, this isn't working. We have to fix this. And if we can't fix, if there's no quick fix, then we have to rebuild and retool and redo this. And not so much rebuild, I guess that's maybe not the right word, but kind of start from the start from the bottom and work our way back up type of thing. And Nathaniel Hackett, who, <laughs> uh, sidebar here, I was watching uh, the, uh, the, the Hard Knocks episode the energy that that man has shown as the offensive coordinator and i don't know if it's maybe just because he's with his drinking buddy rogers on the sideline but where was that fucking energy that he was displaying uh on the sideline and and i don't even think it's because rogers because when when um when when what's his name the the backup qb was out there uh during the last two preseason games uh hackett just kind of had this energy out there you know like, where the fuck was that energy last year? Maybe if he displayed more of it uh, during the regular season, maybe he probably would have lasted till the end of the season, probably, instead of just being a robot and sitting there and watching Russell Wilson possibly get punched in the face by one of his offensive linemen, watching his offense fucking crumble around him and him just standing there not knowing what to fucking do and have to hire a, a clock consultant or, or whatever the, the, the term was uh, that the, the the young the nice the young the nice man from uh, Balt that came over from Baltimore from the Ravens uh, I'm sorry I forgot your name but I know you were an interim coach uh, to, towards the end of the season but where the fuck was that like that's what I wanted to see and that's kind of like the energy that we thought we were gonna see during last year's uh, you know off season and preseason where he was doing like all the the social media shit for the Broncos and like on the sideline he was like a fucking robot you know and he, like where the fuck was that <laughs> uh, but but anyway what I have seen from Sean Payton I think is exactly what Broncos country needs and in that first game against Arizona seeing Sean Payton use his timeouts and kind of get in the ref's face and Hasn't gone full ballistic yet. I expect that's going to come eventually. But seeing just a head coach be a head coach is exhilarating enough for me. And it just warmed my heart. Now, the gameplay from that Cardinals game. And I do apologize. This format's going to be all over the place. So uh, try to bear with me. <laughs> but that Arizona Cardinals gameplay, I mean, I... I forget where I was when I was watching. I was watching in mobile. I wasn't at home. Uh, but I did rewatch the highlights because I didn't see all of the game in its entirety. But I, I was able to see. I mean, Garrett Bowles caught so much shit that game because it almost looked like Garrett Bowles of old. It it was like watching a re it was like watching a game from last year. And if you told somebody that it was actually a preseason 2023 game like the first thing out of your mouth as a Broncos fan would have been like you, you you're bullshitting me <laughs> yeah because that's what it felt like it felt like watching the offense of old you know Russell Wilson running for his life or Russell Wilson getting sacked or uh even worse with, with, with the whole thing with Garrett Bowles was really really scary to me because I was like oh shit Here's it's gonna be like a fucking nightmare. It's, you could just feel the wave of people just about to come down on him and say, "Oh, it's you know he's regressing to the Garrett Bowles of when he got drafted, and he's not worth the contract he, extension he got." And just like all the negativity uh, was, it, it felt like it was coming. You know, uh, same thing with Russell Wilson. It kind of felt like Russell Wilson. The thing that kind of still gets to me about Russell is the fact that he's still to this point I don't know if maybe what or why it is I'm not gonna say I'm a quarterback whisperer but I think by now with all the time he's acquired whether he's was whether it was with the Seahawks or his current time with Denver is the fact that he should be able to read defenses by now and in that in that Arizona game, in that second blitz, he kind of did read it. Uh, I don't know if he called it an audible. I don't think he did, but he took. But a kudos to him. He took advantage of of uh, Arizona Cardinals defense that for some reason decided to blitz that close to the goal line, and Russell Wilson made him pay for it. So there's just been a couple of things that um, 
kind of feel like they still need work. You know, I have I I didn't see the entire entirety of last week's game uh, against the 49ers. I did see the highlights though. Um, so I don't remember reading anything bad about uh, Russell Wilson. I actually heard he did pretty good. I'll have to rewatch that again. Uh, again, last week I was on vacation, so I was trying to watch in between uh, car rides and listening to the game. Uh, and but basically, this offense isn't gonna be uh, like top ten offense. Is is kind of what we've seen so far out of out of the out of Sean Payton. I would say, like, is it gonna be better than last year's offense? I would like to think so. Yes. Is it gonna be a top ten offense though? that still remains to be seen and that's going to take a little bit more of time uh kind of uh, this is another another year for russell wilson where he's got a new head coach and he's got a new offensive coordinator in vic lombardi who's coming from the chargers so this is a whole new acclimation for russell wilson kind of like what he had to deal with when he came over last year and he had to deal with a new head coach and a new offensive coordinator which is what he had to do when he was in Seattle, when Brian Schottenheimer uh, was was let go. And I said it back then too, and I'll say it again. When Schottenheimer left, I feel that that hurt Russell Wilson a lot because they got each other. They they could understand the plays. And his play suffered up until when he caught uh, hurt his finger in his last year as a Seahawk. So there's a lot of variables in that situation, I would say, folks. But the main one that kind of sticks to me is that yes Russell Wilson is leaner yes Russell Wilson is trying to kind of not be as on screen I would say as he was last year you know with the danger witch and the commercials and just all the shit that he was putting himself out there on social media even while he was playing terrible you know so I I think that he's going to be okay and he still catches a lot of flack from a lot of people, especially from the ones I've been listening to the last three weeks. Uh, non, excuse me, non-Broncos fans, mostly, who are just kind of like still, or still feel that Russell Wilson is going to be a bust, and that he's not going to take this year seriously, and that not even a, a man of Sean Payton's uh, repertoire can come in and helps help fix what's i guess what's broken i guess you could say um but it it, it, either way i mean the broncos uh offense has still got a lot of work to do uh the 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 preseason the the third and fourth stringers uh offensively uh jaleel mclaughlin i mean the man was almost unstoppable last week in that 49ers game uh but one thing that is uh pretty worrisome and even though it's preseason, it doesn't count. It's the fact that the Broncos have lost by a point or two. So they've lost at the last minute. Uh, they lost last minute against the Cardinals two weeks ago. They lost last week against uh, the Niners in a last minute uh, touchdown drive by, um, uh, was it Trey Lance? I, I think it was Trey Lance. I can't remember who, who the quarterback for the Niners was, but I remember I saw the highlights and marched down the field and got that, got that touchdown. Or was it a, a kick? I don't remember what it was, but it was it's just basically the Niners came back and scored at the last minute and they walked away with a W. So while that doesn't count and while the starters weren't playing in that game, you kind of want to win it just for the simple fact that it brings up confidence and brings up motivation. But more than anything, it creates hype. So uh, one thing that I have noticed in the last couple of podcasts from listening to, you know, my, my favorite podcast or any anyone that I just happen to come across to or that's recommended to me by some of you uh, listeners is just the fact that, you, you know, people hit the panic button real quick when the Broncos don't win or they kind of oversaturate the results and say, oh, the Broncos are going to be terrible because they lost against the 49ers or you know, the Sean Payton experiment is not going to work because they didn't win against the the Cardinals or the, yeah, the Cardinals uh, last week. So if the Broncos don't win this upcoming preseason game against the Rams at home, then I feel that next week a lot of people are just going to start putting, just like start spewing random shit out there and the finger point of 
blame is going to start spinning and they're going to say, oh, is it? Uh, I actually saw a crazy headline from somebody who said that bringing back Vance Joseph was probably the worst thing the Broncos did last year. And I kind of disagree with that because I bit the bullet last year when I said that bringing on Ejiro Evero was the worst thing the Broncos could do after Vic Fangio uh, was let go because I thought that defense was going to take one step back and they kicked me in my ass and said nope they went out there and they were one of the best defenses last year so I hope that uh, Vance Joseph coming back as a defensive coordinator and not in a head coach capacity that all he has to do is worry about the defense and keep that defense that's that was already solid keep it solid and try to make it better <sighs> should not be that hard I don't think so. I don't I don't think it should so especially when he's coming from Arizona who was who he had to basically try to make chicken salad out of chicken shit <laughs> you know down there uh, to put it in layman's terms but there's a lot of factors and there's a lot of questions that are going to be uh, that are going to be needed to be answered and we are not going to get all of them answered by week one we're going to get some of them answered in week one in terms of what the offense is going to look like uh, what the projections are, are starting to look like and that's another episode by the way that uh, will be coming up soon before the start of the Broncos week one game against the Raiders is my projection uh, screen screen game no <laughs> um but guys, I also wanted to go over with you about my, uh, I had my fantasy draft. Uh, I don't remember if it was before the last episode or in between. Uh, no, I think it was the second week when I was supposed to record. I don't know. Um, but towards the end of the episode, I'm uh, going to just go over. I know I try to make, I try to include it in the podcast uh, when I can. I don't think I did it last year. I don't remember why, but I know I did it one of I think the year before that so um going back to uh the the injury uh, <laughs> going back to uh, oh um Javante Williams did he not look good I mean it almost looked like he's picking up where he left off you know and Javante actually when he was asked after the game like how it, how he felt you know being back out on that field and he was uh, quoted by saying it was like it was just like a weight was lifted off of me so i it, it's it's actually i don't think any of the starters are going to start on saturday um uh, uh, coach payton did say that maybe some of them do but i probably think that the majority of players you'll see are players who are like on the bubble so it's going to be some second stringers a lot of third and fourths mostly because uh, rosters have to be trimmed by Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, I believe. Because I think there is a Monday night game. So either Monday or Tuesday, uh, all teams have to be stripped down, if I'm not mistaken. Or before uh, kickoff Saturday, or kickoff Thursday, the following Thursday. So some sometime in between there, have to have a 53-man roster. So... With no week four preseason game anymore, it just basically got relocated as the Hall of Fame game and only two teams uh, get to play an extra game in terms of uh, preseason-ish like. So, uh, but it was great. It honestly was. Uh, I don't think Mike McGlinchey uh, has played, has suited up as a Bronco yet in a game. He might play this weekend, but I don't think so. I think they're just going to give him more time to heal and try to get him to be ready uh, for week one, uh, I, I did hear somebody say I don't remember where I read it on X. It said that uh, supposedly uh, Ben Powers, when he played this past weekend, uh, he looked sloppy, like it didn't look right, and uh, that kind of worried me a little bit because I, when I was watching the, the, the highlights and stuff and some of the game, I really didn't see anything that showed me like him getting bullied or pressured or whatever. But maybe I was watching something different. But then again. I'm not exactly an expert or a pro or in, you know paid analyst or whatever. I'm just here to talk about uh, Broncos football the way I see it. And, of course, I thank you guys so much for tuning in and uh, taking a time out of your day to listen to me uh, talk about it. Uh, Marvin Mims Jr., uh, also, he had a pretty good uh, debut, if I'm not mistaken. 
But I think one of the uh, f- the, the craziest things that I think I saw was uh, uh, Randy Gregory was still out there pretty late in that game uh, against the Niners. So I don't know what that was about. Uh, excuse me. But uh, I, I hope he's, you know, I, hope, I think he's just trying to kind of get back into the work of things, seeing as how he missed like most of last season. And uh, and it almost feels like the, the Broncos spent a lot of money on somebody who was supposed to have been back by what? By when whenever the Broncos played the, the, the Titans, which was after their bye, I think. And he still wasn't there. So I think he was just getting extra reps in. But um, I, 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 one thing I, and I did forget to mention DJ Jones uh, being out with, he got a, a rule out with a concussion during that Cardinals game. I don't think he played last week because it takes a little bit more time for the clear concussion protocol. And rightfully so. But he was, man, he was out there and he was a force to be reckoned with uh, that game. And had he played a little bit longer, uh, who knows? <laughs> Maybe the uh, score would have been a little bit more different, you know? But it was great seeing him out there. It was great seeing uh, Zach Allen out there for a couple of reps against his old team. And I don't remember seeing him playing last week against uh, the the Niners. But uh, also, uh, DeMarcus Ware being uh, inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That that was amazing. Uh, (laughs) I don't know about you guys, but me, I found it kind of awkward and i mean I, I i give him credit for him you know stepping up i don't know if they asked him last minute or if it was already planned for him to sing the national anthem uh but hey he's a lot braver than i am and shit <laughs> uh you know credit and kudos to him for uh you know going up there and singing the National anthem in front of, I want to say, millions of people. Maybe not in person, but you know, anybody watching the induction ceremony. But it was great to see him uh, being inducted. I really wish he would have been inducted by John Elway, to be honest with you. But that's probably just the Bronco in me saying that. Uh, so, but I get why Jerry Jones was the one to induct him, uh, seeing as how Jerry Jones, I believe, was the one that drafted him, and you know, he was a Cowboy for a good number of years before uh, he came over to Denver. And he won a championship in Denver. I think his only one as a player, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, to be honest with you, I could I could see a future for Demarcus Ware in terms of you know in, in coaching as a defensive coordinator because I know he did do a couple of stints with Denver. Uh, even after he left, I think it was 26, 17, 2017 or 2018 where he did. He came to camp once and he was doing reps with the defense. So, you know, talk about iron sharpens iron. Uh, DeMarcus Ware and him being able to show those techniques, kind of like uh, the, the Von Miller Rush Summit that he does uh, every summer. It's kind of like something like that, but a little bit more personal and just, you know, being able to absorb and learn from a guy like DeMarcus Ware, you know, it, it means a lot to anybody under his tutelage. So, uh, you know, I. I and if he does come coach, I really do hope he decides to, <laughs> you know, be a defensive coordinator for, for Denver one one day. Uh, but then again, you know, he could just could decide to stay and live his normal life, which which is I'm pretty sure happy for. But anyways, it, it's good to see him uh, finally inducted into the, uh, the Broncos Hall of Fame. Uh, they're making a really big push for, um, I don't want to mispronounce his name, Randy Grandishar. Uh I can say it in my head, but when I say it out loud, it just sounds weird. Uh, trying to get him into the uh, next year's uh, Hall of Fame, which is just, it feels like it's so late and it should have been done a long time ago. So crossing our fingers that, you know, he makes it, uh, he wins, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, that he finally gets his deserved shot into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um but, uh, you know, this episode might be a little bit shorter than usual, and I know I say that a lot, but it kind of just might be, you know? So uh, I kind of wanted to go over the, like I said, uh, the my, my fantasy team. And uh, so I was ninth out of 10 people, out of 10 picks. So um, 
my first pick, I don't know why, uh, but my, my first pick when it finally got to me was uh, Nick Chubb. And then uh, after the, it kind of sank back to me after the 10th. And then I got, uh, from what I remember, uh, DK Metcalf. So Nick Chubb and Metcalf were my first and second picks. And uh, as, as my second running back, I got uh, Aaron Jones. Uh, for wide receivers, uh, I got Jerry Judy. Uh, what else did I get here? Uh, Chris Godwin uh, and Zay Jones. For my running backs, I got Latavius Murray late. Uh, David Montgomery. I, I to, to this point, to this moment, I don't really know why. Um, DeAndre Swift as my wide receiver slash running back slot. And my quarterback is, <laughs> and I'm sorry, but I'm really trying to win a fucking a fantasy championship this year. I, I'm trying to make it farther than just the first round of the uh, fantasy playoffs because I've only been to the finals once since I started playing fantasy. So I feel a return trip to the finals is really, really overdue for me. And that's uh, Patrick Mahomes. So... <laughs> I figure if I'm going to hate him for scoring touchdowns, they might as well be in my favor to try to help me win a championship, you know. After he win a championship, then he can be eliminated for all I care. And uh, my backup quarterback is Geno Smith, who's playing the Rams, I believe, that day, just as LA here. Uh, so I think that's the division game, and he's slated to put up more points than Patrick, no, close to, just like under two, three-point margin. Uh... For tight ends, my backup tight end is uh, Josh Johnson. I picked him up, uh, or Juwan, I'm sorry, not Josh. Juwan, I had um, Fryermuth, but seeing that, that Steelers game, I really didn't see that much confidence, so uh, I dropped him for, for uh, Johnson. And my starting tight end is Kyle Pitts, who I did get some flack over because obviously uh, Atlanta still doesn't have a quarterback. <laughs> And the offensive scheme is not slated to be better this year for Atlanta. And they're slated to be one of the worst teams, if not in their division, in the entire uh, NFC. So, but I, I'm, I'm optimistic. I might change that as we get closer to game time. And for my starting defense, uh, I picked the, the Dolphins. I really wanted the Eagles, but unfortunately the Eagles were gone uh, mid-selection. Mid so I, I felt the Dolphins were a good choice. I know Jalen Ramsey's going to be out for a while. But I trust Vic Fangio. Uh, Vic Fangio is a defensive coordinator there, and I've seen him. I've seen what he can do with some tape and some glues. <laughs> I think the and the Dolphins are actually playing the Chargers that that uh, week. So yeah, the Seahawks have their first uh, division, their first games of division game against the Rams, which they should win. And uh, the Dolphins are going to get the uh, Chargers. And for my kicker. I picked Gano because Gano has been has won me a few games last year, and he's one of the maybe not the best kicker, but he's one of the good kickers uh, in in the league. So, you know, obviously uh, uh, the kicker from Baltimore. I can't think of his name. <laughs> I don't know why I just drew a blank, but he was already gone by the time I wanted a kicker. So I I picked uh, next best thing. But usually, what I do during the the season is I I mostly rotate my kickers if i can find one that has a better advantage or that's been having a really good streak then i usually pick him up same thing with the defense um but if i can kind of move stuff around or if i have a slot open uh you know for reserve then i'll do that oh and i forgot to mention i don't know if i mentioned latavius murray i i also picked him up as a running back late uh i don't really know why i picked up latavius but he has won me so many games in the last two years, even before he was a Bronco, and I'm still kind of sad that he didn't stay or was offered a spot in, in Denver behind Javante Williams because I, I feel he did great. It was awesome when I got to win to when I when I want to get when I got to see him play in person last year as a uh, as a Bronco, so it was great. I'm really happy with uh, with with the time he spent. In, in Denver as a Bronco, I really do hope that you know maybe he can come back one day before he hangs up his cleats. Um, but I probably wouldn't hold my breath on that unless the unless Buffalo cuts him for some fucking reason. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> if Vance Joseph can come back to the Broncos in any sort of capacity, 
anybody can come back to the Broncos, whether it's their old position or, <laughs> or a different one or not. Um, so comebacks can be hope. Uh, comebacks can be possible, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And the best part about that roster is usually when after the draft, you know, uh, if you do the NFL draft like we do, uh, it takes like about a day. I don't know why. But the NFL will send you kind of like, uh, I'm guessing it's like an AIM, AI bot grade of what they think, uh, and kind of like a recap of what your strength's gonna be, uh, what your weakness is probably in, and then kind of like a projected uh, win-loss win ratio. And usually when I get graded, I get like C's and B's. One time I got an F, I don't remember what my roster was, but I was slated to be like one of the worst. And thankfully, knock on wood i've never been in last place having close to last place once i came in like ninth or tenth out of 12 people so that's probably as low so i've been low not super not rock bottom low but i've been low i've been middle and i've been to the promised land and i lost unfortunately <laughs> uh but this time i finally got an a rating so i'm really stoked about that uh, I did upload a picture. I think I uploaded it on X. God, that's still so weird to say. Um, so, uh, but I, I was slated. I don't think I wasn't slated to win. <laughs> Even with an A grading, I still wasn't slated to win. I was still slated to probably be out of the playoffs. Uh, if not in the wild card round, then probably the, the what is it, the division. I guess it depends on how far your playoffs uh, go before championship week. But I, I'm just trying to make it, you know, and I feel uh, that with the roster I got that I can do it and hopefully they can take me as far as they, they can, you know. But then again, I'm optimistic every year and I say that shit every <laughs> all the time. And Excuse me. And then week one is like, oh, fuck. There's always a player on my bench that puts up like 24, between 24 to like 30 points. And the person I want to switch them out with only puts up like four. <laughs> four or five and it's like fuck dude <laughs> week one and week 16 slash 17 around there like championship are like the most unpredictable weeks in fantasy because you just don't know and you try to go off of how things ended last year but you know last year was last year week one is week one everything's new whether even if it's the same team coming back it's a new environment you know everybody gets a little bit older new offensive schemes probably new players new additions subtractions i mean there's a lot that has to be factored in to uh fantasy selection because i don't know who i was having this conversation with but uh it was kind of like oh how hard is it to pick you know football players and go out there and win like it's really not so <laughs> if you're in a fantasy league like me then you know you have to do uh, some research you don't have to go all out and be like books and uh, one of those uh, fancy schmancy NFL analyst types types of things, but it helps to have some football knowledge. And if you can try to put your football knowledge to to the test and work it to the best of its ability, then it can win you a championship, which is great. And if you can't, then you're just like me, who's just has to keep buying or handing off the winning trophy or belt or prize money to the winner. And I've been doing that for like the what the last seven eight years. <laughs> So I want to hand money to myself one of these days, God damn it. Uh, so, but anyway, guys, um, I to give you guys my personal opinion on what I've seen the Broncos so far over these last two games is the Cardinals game had me worried, and then I kind of uh, like I felt a bit of a weight lifted off of me uh, towards the end of that game. Even though it was third and four stringers by then, but it kind of like it gave me a little bit of reason to kind of it brought me back down, back down to earth. And I say that because before that, like I said, last year around this time, we were just we didn't even get to see the starters out there. The starters didn't play preseason, but we were just so confident that Russell Wilson, if you put like we were like, man, if you put him out there, you know, he's going to go out there and he's just going to. You know, embarrass the second, third, fourth turn. These are going to be throwing bombs all day. And it's going to be Broncos up by like 60 by halftime. I remember I was saying so. Uh, maybe not on, on record. But I remember I was saying that shit to myself. That's why they don't want to play the starters. Because they're just too fucking good. Um, but no. 
It wasn't. And the reason that I was so worried about that game was because this was like second, third stringers. This wasn't like the A team from the Cardinals. This was like maybe some A guys mixed in there, but it was mostly B guys. And then, you know, the, the transition down the line as the game went on. So the fact that the offensive line couldn't even hold back, you know, second or third, or the fact that Russell Wilson was struggling against putting up points like that, that was a huge, huge red flag. And it was a worry for Broncos country watching that game everywhere you know and I remember seeing on social media people are already throwing in the towel you know oh Russell Wilson's back and he's gonna be playing like garbage and the offensive line is garbage the only one that I felt deserved criticism even though it was harsh in that game was Gary Bowles that was it but I'm but to play devil's advocate on the other hand it, and I forgot who I, I heard this from or but they made a really good point that they felt, and he they, he wasn't the only one said it. I had also heard it from a couple other people in other Broncos podcasts, was that they felt that Garrett Bowles was kind of playing with a little bit of fear because, you know, kind of coming back from that type of injury and being afraid to re-injure himself. And maybe that's why he wasn't putting weight on his leg or he wasn't in his normal stance. Kind of something was holding him back because almost making him feel that if he went out there and if he put down or tried to be the Garrett Bowles that he was, was before he got injured, that he would re-injure himself. Kind of like what happened with Tim Patrick, even though if it wasn't the same injury, but he got re-injured and it was an injury that cost him another season. You know, so it was that type of mentality that I, and I totally can agree, can agree with that, even if that, even if that wasn't true or if it was true, even better. Um, but that's probably the sentiment that Garrett Bowles was having and you know being afraid to get i mean nobody wants to you know get re-injured nobody you know whether you're an nfl player or you know you're playing in your own free time like i do sometimes you know playing with friends or uh some people are in football you know flag leagues or whatever whatever it is if you don't if you're afraid to get hurt then you're more a little bit less likely to put yourself out there because you don't want to go through the you know the the hospital visits and the therapy and the cast and you know kind of working your way to uh getting your body to be or do what it used to do before you got injured you know and being afraid to re-injure yourself and kind of go through that entire process again like i get it but at the same time He's being paid a lot of money to be out there, and he needs to be the best player he can be, and he needs to protect Russell Wilson's, uh, I think it's his blind side, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So, And we just don't need him to go back to being uh, on hold, you know, being hold bowls. <laughs> I, forget the name, uh, I forget the nickname they gave him uh, that season where he was just holding everybody, and they looked like he was just dancing with defensive linemen instead of <laughs> pushing them back. Um I will say that the practices have been, from what I've read, from those that have been there and have been nice enough to update those of us that aren't able to, that don't live in Denver, go to the practices since uh, camp kicked off. And they've been, some have been good, some of them have been bad. I, if I'm not mistaken, the uh, the one I read today from Sean Payne at his uh, press conference was that there was a lot of uh, laundry being thrown around during practice. and. So that's got to be cleared up. And one alarming thing, another thing that's been really coming up, and maybe this is nothing new, but it kind of feels new to me, and it's kind of been like happening a little bit more frequent than usual, is just kind of like the fights. Like the fighting has been kind of amped up a little bit. So, I mean, I don't know what's going on. Uh, we saw from Cowboys camp, Micah Parson was throwing punches. We saw, what was it? I think at the Jets, if I'm not mistaken, they were throwing punches. And I forget what other team. Uh... But it, it's just been kind of going along. So I don't know what the fuck's going on. But as long as none of my Broncos players are throwing punches or starting fights, uh, which is really, like really not necessary, you know. But then I get it. You know, you're out there. It's hot. It's, you know, intensity. Somebody hits you the, the wrong way or looks at you or touches you or does something to you the wrong way. And you're just going to, you know, hell be damned if you got a helmet or pads or on it. You know, it's fucking, you know, fists are going to fly. Um, but... At the same time, that really does uh, nothing for for anybody. You know, you can get yourself injured, you can get the other person injured, uh, and it just. Uh, in I think in one case, I think there was an incident that was so bad that they actually canceled the practice. I forget for which. I think that was for an upcoming game this week. I think I read. I don't know who it was, uh, but whatever it is, it's got these guys wound up. Maybe it's the the heat 
because I mean, especially down south, we got a record heat shit today here in Chicago. It was like over 100 degrees, and we're gonna get another 100 degree day tomorrow before we finally settle back to the upper 70s, low 80s, uh, Friday and beyond. So, uh, kind of giving us a little taste of what the people down south have been dealing with ever since. <laughs> What, uh, June, I want to say? June, mid-June, late June, July, around that area time. So, um, there was one point, one more point I wanted to make before we end today's episode, and unfortunately I can't think of it. Um, and I'm pretty sure it's going to come to me by the time we, we wrap things up. Uh, but uh, just to kind of um, to go uh, towards the, the, the upcoming game with the Rams, I guess since Sean Payton said that most of the starters were not going to start, so it's kind of hard for me to say what I want to see. But if I had to say anything, I think that the Broncos coming out with a win would really work wonders. Or it would be a nice confidence booster for the team and for Broncos country alike. Because yes, even though preseason wins and losses don't count, but it's like a morale. you know. And so far being 0-2 in the preseason... You don't really want to. I think one and one would have just been fine. You know, losing to a team like the Niners, even their backups. You know, it's Kyle Shanahan on that team. So, um, you know, you the fact that the that the Broncos even beat San Francisco last year by what was it by a mere point, I think, says you know speaks volumes. They were able to do what a lot of team other teams couldn't do, besides the Bears and uh, I forget who. Uh, there was another team that beat them, I think, during the regular season, and then obviously. Losing their quarterback in the AFC champion, NFC Championship game, excuse me, and losing out to the Eagles to for them to go to the Super Bowl. So, I think a win is just what needs to be done. Um, so, uh, Jason Stidham, uh, I believe he did show some flashes out there, but then there were other times where it was kind of like, uh, I kind of see why you know he might not be a starter in the league type of thing. So. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's more than likely going to start on Saturday against the Rams. So he just needs to go out there. He needs to put on a show, especially you know his first time being uh, as a Broncos quarterback. Uh, even though he's a secondary, uh, you know the backup he could be starting. So uh, in case you know, knock on wood, they don't have to rely on on another backup for another game or two like they had to do last year with um, with Brad Rippin. Uh, it, it shouldn't have to come to that. Hopefully, Russell Wilson can stay healthy. He can play every game. And like I said, just need a win. You know, one and two is better than zero and three. <laughs> Even in the preseason, that doesn't count because I, I know I can hear somebody saying that in the back of their mind. That, oh, it doesn't count. It doesn't matter if they win or they lose. It's like no. And you have to remember that this this week you're going to see a little bit more intensity from players around the league because this is like cut week. So a lot of these players are going to be fighting for a roster job. So. You're, you're more than likely going to see players do a little bit more than they haven't been able to do since uh, for the Hall of those that played the, the Hall of Fame game and for those that have been one week, weeks one and two, respectively. So uh, here's to hoping to uh, nobody gets seriously injured, uh, that everybody plays the, their best in terms of who's ever wa- uh, rocking a, a Broncos jersey. And good luck to them trying to make the 53-man roster. And to those that don't, hey... Uh, you know, hopefully you guys find a job out there. Uh, you're probably gonna be on the waiver wire for a while during the season until you, you know, you sign in with somebody's practice squad or you get picked up or whatever it is. Uh, but anyways, Broncos country, that's gonna do it for today's episode. Uh, thank you guys for so much for tuning in. Unfortunately, we didn't have time to do the AFC South version uh, perspective. I'm gonna see if I can try to squeeze in uh, that episode next week with the results of uh, the preseason week preseason week three results and then see if maybe we can crank out another episode uh or two before kickoff and try to get all that uh, the remaining divisions done as well as the afc west which is the last uh, division we're going to review uh so thank you guys so much for tuning in just a couple of notes for you guys wherever it is you're listening to uh you know apple uh apple itunes amazon spotify here on anchor Wherever it is you guys are listening to, please make sure five-star rating, thumbs up, subscribe button. If you'd like to be a monthly donator like my good friend uh, uh, Chris Hernandez, uh, donations are always welcome and appreciated. If you want to follow me on social media, you can hit me up on X slash Twitter slash whatever you want to call it, at a 6 for 10 mexican If you're on threads, you can hit me up on threads, at a 6 for 10 mexican all equally the same. And uh, one point that I 
did for that I always said I'd always do at the end of my uh, podcast, and I haven't been doing it the last couple of podcasts because I've just plain forgot, and I really do apologize. Make sure you continue to support any other Broncos podcast you see out there. There are plenty of good choices out there. There's, I mean, if you guys ever want to sit down and compare notes because I listen to a good number of them on my drive to work while I'm at work if I can, uh, so when I do exercise, I mean, any little chance that I can get to listen to another podcast, I will. Obviously, you guys know I'm a very big fan of MHRT, what they do over there. The Let's Talk Broncos podcast, obviously, uh, the Crush Pod with Lindsey Bebo and uh, Shelby Manning, the Orange and Brew, uh, the Wild Wild West pod. I mean, there's just so many guys. I can sit here and talk to you guys about it all day, but you have better things to do. So make sure you guys continue to support the other podcast, uh, just like you come and support mine. Again, very, very appreciative for all the well wishes. Thank you guys for the uh, record number of listens from the previous episode. That was really awesome. Seeing double digits always makes me smile. <laughs> and it, it kind of gives me a goal to set for the next episode. So thank you guys so much. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. I don't know why I say we, like there's somebody sitting next to me. I don't know. Maybe me and my dog scruffles. <laughs> so have a good day, guys. Enjoy the rest of your day, evening, night, whenever it is listening to. And as always, go Broncos. Woo!